Hello everyone, welcome back to our Consistent OK podcast. I'm your host Luke and I'm joined as ever by Nick and we are going to dive into some pop culture goodness. We are back. Okay, podcast. We are back. Season three is here. I'm Luke. Nick, how are you? I am all good, man. It's it's been a minute. We've uh, a lot's happened since we've been gone. I was thinking about it earlier on. Like we've literally gone through a change of the monarch in the UK. Yes, which is not that's happened. And about eighty million prime ministers. So it's so um, not much. Yeah, not much important then. No, more importantly, well, though, there the has queen. been the queen. Yeah, um, but yeah, more importantly, there's been a ton of pop culture goodness wonderful yes. move um our monarch Park podcast will be launching uh <laughs> yeah soon we've had we've had a good break uh various things on my end growing up uh and uh <laughs> things have happened have but hey we're we're back <laughs> have i no, don't know. <laughs> uh but we're back yes for a consistently okay time at least so we're going to start off uh, our first episode back with just catching up on all things pop culture because it's very important to you know for us to discuss it, Nick, yes. and for everyone to hear us discuss it because that's what you're listening for. Yes. And we're also going to do some in-depth episodes as well, um, which I don't know. Maybe you want to tell everyone what we're going to talk about, Nick, on our in-depth episodes which are coming yeah. up. I think uh, I think at the end of season two, we we said we were going to cover um, the viewer skew films, um, and that is still the intention. We we're still going to gonna do it um clerks three is out um so for anybody who hasn't seen it i think you can get it digitally now as well but if you're in america yes you've got the wonderful opportunity to go and see it with kevin smith on tour which i think would be awesome um but yeah we'll uh we'll get to the wonderful clerks three as we work our way through viewer skew but that will be our in-depth for this this season is is talking all things jay and silent bob and those wonderful it's people. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Why do you want to talk about anything else? Yeah. So those will be coming up. We will say at the end of this episode when uh, when we'll be launching those ones. But let's get to the nitty gritty of pop culture life. So yes. many, many things have happened, like you said, Nick. But should yeah. we start in a very happy place? Well, I think it's a happy place, which is the new Star Wars series, which is at the point that you, the masses, are listening to this episode. There are still a few episodes to come because it's a long old series. It's not just your uh, yeah, average recent MCU TV uh, system with like some yeah. thirty minute episodes or forty minute episodes over six yeah. uh, episodes. So it's uh, is it is twelve or thirteen? This is isn't I think, it? Yeah, right? I think it's I think it is twelve, and we've just seen episode six, seven, six. As per usual, even though we've been away and you think we would have done plenty of research, we uh, we still just again yeah. keep it a consistently okay level. We don't <laughs> yeah. want to be too too yeah. on it, but we also yeah, don't yeah. want to be looking like twats. So yeah, uh, it would so, weird people out. I think if it is came into this with research though. Like if we were yeah, like just, it's just not our style, throwing it's not names, our thing. throwing things, it so, would be weird. Otherwise, it would be the bloody great podcasts, but it's not. It's the consistently exactly. okay podcast. Exactly. 
So yeah, I think it is 12 and it's yeah. it's going to be set over two series and it's going to lead into Rogue One. And Rogue One, as we all know, is the best Star Wars film, right? Uh, I, I probably said something different when we recorded our Star Wars podcast, but I it's, feel like it's, it's, it's on par with film. Empire, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's as good as Empire, but it's... Well, I think the last scene in Rogue One is the best Star Wars yeah. moment in a film ever. Yeah, that so is pretty good. great. Yeah. So, and this series, so we'll just dive into Andor then. That's, that's, yes. where, that's where we are. So I think it is, it reminds me a little bit of the book of, book of Boba Fett with the fact that it's quite a slog mm-hmm. uh, in terms of it's taken quite a while to get there. But because I know it spans over several episodes, like I'm very invested in this, almost the first half of season one, because obviously uh, finding they're finding their rhythm with a bit and it's it's started to pick up now so where we've left off and always spoilers in these podcasts yes is the last thing that happened is that he has gone somewhere where did he go nick home he went home yeah he did go home he went home he spoke to his adopted adoptive mother and he wanted her to come with him, and she said she's going to stay. And his little cool robot was like, "I've missed you, buddy." Yeah. And he's uh, he's just essentially on the run, and he's having these flashbacks about stormtroopers and and all sorts. I think um, I think it's going to end strong. The last few episodes, I, I like everything going on with the like the bad guys. The uh, the What's uh, what's the main guy's name? God, we really should do a little bit of research, at least, shouldn't we? I mean, it's uh, it's it's a ro- it's a rocky start, but again, it's fine. Um, the uh, the imperial, the you know, oh yeah, uh, th- those guys like it's all very uh, God, it is the imperial, isn't it? People are yeah. going to switch off if I get it that is. wrong. <laughs> uh, the imperial, like it's all very uh, it's all very planned and uh, like, yes. pretty hard and all everything, and it's uh. It just looks like a really it looks like a shit job like i don't want yes. to have that job but yeah. you know they like their jobs they're very uh um it's the word bureaucratic I, yes. sometimes it's really yeah. hard but just for if anyone is new i live in norway okay yeah. and i'm I speak norwegian quite often even though i try try to avoid it so sometimes <laughs> english words they just pass me by these days um so yeah and it's the, I, I like that thing like they're not Big big villains, you know. It's mm. not like a Darth Vader or anything like that, or a Palpatine, or, or um, you know, that sort of stuff. It's just it's the working man, yes, doing a nine to five for the Imperial. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I like that stuff. Or is that lame? Is it lame to like that? They're, they're just no. I I think that's part of it. Like I was, I was thinking about this, and I think I said it to to Charles when we were um, watching it. I feel like this is the most world-building Star Wars yes. they've done. That's it. It's world-building, isn't it? It's just yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's answered so many questions. A little bit questions. behind the scenes. Yeah, but I didn't know I had as well. Um, and uh, I can't. Remember. I was reading something or listening to something the other day where they were talking about Andor, and they said one of the things that it's done, um, which is really interesting, is that it's shown how the Empire work that they've sort of said um oh what is it uh if it's one atrocity everyone goes crazy but with the empire what they do is they commit 
multiple atrocities so that you can't go crazy because there's too many. There is just too many to to keep hold of. Um, And I think that's what this show does the most is that it shows you um, like all of their scheming and like the people who are just very ground level of like agreeing to this and like setting it off. And um, that's in a way it's kind of created the scariness of the empire that you're kind of like, wow, these people are really making these decisions and um, like the question is, is kind of like, are they awful people or are they just doing you do, their job? You wonder that, don't you? But yeah. I mean, there are some people like the guard who was like half asleep when the the lady walked in who's a higher rank and she was like, yeah. give me these files and yeah. quickly split. And he was like, he just seemed like a guy who, just you know, handed in his CV. Yeah. Parents were like, get a job. And he was like, oh, get a job at the Empire. Like, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Pay your bills. And then, but the, the ones that are higher up, they generally seem bad don't they yeah uh, yeah already seen some shit and they know exactly what they're doing but there are you get the sense that there are people that don't um that don't really know what they're actually working for yeah um, that that's the crazy thing like it it has just put the empire in quite an interesting position um where you, it was just stuff that i'd never thought about um but there's loads of that as well like the in the opening the the like weird i can't remember what they're called but they're like the security firm um, that Andor ends up killing two of them. Yeah. That group of people. It's stuff like that where it's just, it's like external people to the Empire who their way of life has completely shifted since the Empire took control. And uh, you can see where there's these people who are very much like um, in line with the Empire where they're like, you have to quash any like sign of rebellion, any kind of talking back you have to rule with an iron fist and then there's other people who are like i just don't want the paperwork like the the guy who at the start is kind and of the, like, yeah the leader officer yeah. and that who's just like you know i brush it under the rug i've got to yeah, go to a yeah. meeting yeah stuff. and then you've got the other he's guy good as well not not that guy the guy who is uptight um yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. What he's from um he yeah. was in um he was in a show a while back a bbc one but his name's Kyle Sola. Okay. I don't know. But he's he's very good in his role. The guy yeah. he wanted to he wanted to do everything by the book and then obviously it fucks up because he tries to do it by the book and then he goes off the book because he's like wants to get his way and then yeah. he it all goes wrong. And I like I love the fact as well that his his essential the captain that worked under him, he was he was the one who was saying all the right things. But then they had that big meeting on the ship and it was like, give a speech. And he's like, do it. Do well. Yeah. Yeah, and then the guy was like, "Brilliant, yeah, fantastic speech, really good for the morale of the men." And all the men were like, "This guy is going to get us all, yeah, fucked, fucking killed." Yeah, yeah, I really like that stuff. I like the, um, I said as well to Charles. I think after like the second or third episode, is like the most adult Star Wars, in that it's probably not far off of like, like a, um, Scandinavian crime thriller. Like it, it tonally, it doesn't feel too dissimilar to like if you watch a lot of those Scandi kind of like murder shows. Um, yep. Where it's like, do, got, do you do you watch a lot of the I've Scandinavian murder shows? I've watched <laughs> a few, um, but yeah, where you've kind of got the like bureaucratic sense, you've got the people who are kind of like, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, 
you've got the detectives yeah. who are like we're trying to figure it out and then at the same time you've got this this other mystery and, and the town and all this stuff and or feels a little bit like that where it's just kind of like all these moving pieces there is a lot of moving pieces isn't there i, I yeah I, I think there is quite a lot because there's a lot of a lot of sub characters as well which had a very tiny bit at the beginning and now they're getting mm. more and more yeah uh, layers to them so there is a lot of subplots um i've noticed throughout there's a lot of people that were uh, characters at the start of the series that just had little bits here and there and then they've grown more and more into their role so at the moment there's the again life if i can't remember her name um i know it's a pretty big name in the star wars universe though but she's she's working against the empire in secret she's the one who's oh, visiting uh god's character yes that's yeah. the one and her role's got bigger and bigger especially yeah. in the last two episodes it's kind of like grown but there what, what i like about it and I'll, I'll, I'll rally back everyone I'll come back, circle back rather, is that they seem to they seem to not drag, although I think it's plodded along quite slowly, but I think it's just probably the atmosphere of each episode, like the, especially the bits when they're building up to doing the, you know, the, the theft uh, yeah. of all the, the logs and whatever they were taking. I don't remember what they were taking, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, the like they, uh, gold, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, the gold, yeah. And they they... You know, that, that could have just gone on for a long, long time. It just mm -hmm. could have been like, okay, we're on this planet, we're building up to doing it, but they kind of got it done and those episodes are good. Then now they've moved past that bit. They've, they're they not just hanging around on that. They're like building up other characters yeah. um, steadily. And then hopefully that gives... Because I think a lot with these MCU shows, I know we said, and this is a little bit off the point, but they they do well at just quickly throwing like your Moon Knights and your She-Hulks and stuff into it. But then it doesn't really get to like the action properly until these... Yeah last two episodes but you feel with this it's set it's set the tone early on with how the progression of each character is going there it's going to build it up in the middle and then you just you can't see it not having a very big like climatic end to the season yeah i i think anyway but yeah i think just, I, I like it what my point is i like the fact i'm not used I'm not a big fan of it just like taking its time but this feels like it's doing it in the right way it's building a lot of the sub characters yeah um it's building up the main characters so I dig it. Yeah, I think from what I read, um, the way that they, they wrote it, because I think it's Tony Gilroy who has written, I don't know if he's written every episode or just a lot of them, um, but uh, the way that he's done it is every three episodes is an arc. So it's like every three episodes, you have a beginning and a conclusion. Um, and yeah, so you that makes sense to what I was saying then. Yeah, and you can really see it as well. And I think that's why the pacing of it might feel slow initially, but that third episode, then you'll get a lot of movement and then it will slow down and then it will pick up again. And it's got this really nice balance where you're kind of like, I think as a viewer, when you get to a point and you're kind of like, it's dragging the next scene, it could easily pick up because it's got that yeah. three, three episode structure. Um, so that, that was all different. Also was different about the book of Boba, Boba. Yeah. 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 BB. Uh, Boba is a uh, point out again. I am a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like a big time Star Wars fan. So forgive me for uh, character names. Test me on Marvel, though. Put you all in the <laughs> dust. Um, is that it? that that did really drag out for a long time? Those um, yeah, walking yeah, across yeah. some sand, and then he's not, and then it picked up in the last bit, which felt very MCU typical with yeah. these shows. Uh, but yeah, this one. Now you've said that about the guy who's writing it. It's um, it does feel like that. It feels like there's a beginning and an end, and then a beginning and an end, and it's. Yeah, taking some all... characters from that first arc and then giving them a bigger bit in the second arc but you know everything's progressing nicely like 
Yeah. And I'm interested in all the characters, like uh, yeah. Sasquatch's character as well. Is you know, it's yeah. you know, kind of like he's making these deals and stuff, and he's again hiding from the Empire, but he's out in plain sight doing his dealings and everything, and acting like he's a. Just it's like an a, antiques dealer or something. An antiques dealer, yeah, with yeah. a wig on and everything. Which is quite mm. ironic for him, because I'm pretty sure he's a nudist in real life. So the fact <laughs> that they're actually making him put on more clothes more and clothes. take care is uh, yeah. probably a, a tough for him. The, yeah, the only like, thing I found a bit odd is I'm, I'm watching two shows. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to just say this now, because otherwise I'll forget. Is that I'm watching, I was watching two shows side by side. There's a, an excellent show called The Bear. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. We, I looked at it. So good. Then, um, I started the old man instead. Oh yeah, so that, we got that to watch. But the, the, I highly recommend the Baron. There's a guy, there's an actor. He's he's in um, he's from he's from another show. I think it's I think he's from Girls. Is it called the one with oh, yeah. Dunham in? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, his name's uh, Evil Moss. Is his is okay. your name? God knows what his name is. And thinking, but he's in. He's the guy in Andal that is. Uh, he's the one who oh, points yeah, out yeah. that. Um, yeah, he's the guy yeah. who's like. Um, we could just take he, suspe- he suspects him then he's, he wants to take yeah. the money in the end and everything yeah yeah, yeah. but he, he's he plays a complete he plays an arsehole in the bear as well but yeah just one we were finishing one episode and starting the bear and he was there again I said like, it's haunting me <laughs> it's like yeah. he's done really well for himself all of a sudden yeah, um, yeah. sorry what were you going to say I just wanted to say that that was something that was going on whilst I was watching it yeah I was just going to say that like that three episode art thing I think like really hits in that in the heist episode like I felt like there was so much build up from them being in this like woody section and like learning what they're going to do and the trust issues and all this stuff. And when that heist kicks off, it's just so fucking intense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like a whole hour of it as well. It's not like it's 20 minutes. It is basically the full hour of God, this is really intense. And I think it was quite impressive, especially knowing as an audience that, you know, Andor gets out because he's in Rogue One. Obviously, you don't know what happens to the rest of them, but you at least know that Andor makes it out. Um, And I always think that's hard with a prequel when you put them in a situation where it's like, well, obviously, they get out. But I think this has done it in a really interesting way where you're kind of like, you're just so involved in the moment of it and everything that kind of goes wrong or like if a character's... um, Like when people figure things out as it's happening, you're kind of like, oh, fuck. Um, it's just done in such a an interesting way, and I think it's shot just like utterly beautifully. Like it is just a really so super crisp. It's just it looks uh, yeah. that bit when they're on the planet where they were going to do the heist. It's just yeah. it like the just location. Nice. I mean, I know they use an awful lot of green screen, like the it's Mandalorian not. has all that super knowledge, but that isn't. You just does not yeah. like. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, like I was reading before really it started that it's like the first Star Wars series that hasn't used the volume to like film sets so it's either all location or they built sets so like the town that andor's from that's like a built set it's a working environment um and the use of cg is basically like tie fighter or whatever um environment wise that's all real and i think you can tell that as well when you watch it because there is just a sense of you kind of like i think there's a scope to it um but yeah i'm just i'm loving it like every episode I'm, i'm loving it I, I, I like the fact as well, like you said, it feels a bit, well, we both said that with the, the villains and stuff and it feeling a bit um, like a Scandinavian mm-hmm. uh, like a drama thing. It just, yeah. it feels, although we know what the end game is, like for Andor and stuff, 
think we know that, which is quite sad. But yeah. we know where it's going. Yeah, yeah. But it feels it also feels somehow a bit separated from, you know, the Luke Skywalker stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the forces. Yeah, nowhere near like this. The forces, yes, yeah, in the background, isn't it? Like obviously Book of Boba and Mandalorian and stuff, there's like links and Luke Skywalker's in it and everything like that. But this just feels like hey, this is and that, I think that's why I liked Rogue One so much. Yeah. Because yeah, although yeah. there are obviously links to like Darth Vader and stuff like that and towards the end, and you know it's building towards the Death Star stuff. But again, that whole film just feels like, hey, it's almost like this ragtag group of people um, yeah. thrown together and it's it's an adventure and everything like that. It's um, I, I really enjoyed it. I think yeah. that's why I like Solo as well, because I know Solo is obviously I a big thing. So. But again, it, that that stuff was, uh, yeah. you know, a bit I, yeah. the, it, was, it was always around, but it was in the background, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that that's something that like these two share really well as well, is that like Solo, part of the reason I love it is that it's just an adventure. like. It might not be the most like world bending film and it might not necessarily, you know, do loads for the the canon, but it is just a great adventure film. Like it, it, it does it clearly. It's interesting. Actors are good. Like it's, it's fun. It is just a good adventure film. And I think Andor is the same where it's um, every three episodes is an adventure of sorts in that like the first three are like, what happens to Andor and how he gets out of where he is and like how he sort of gets roped into what could be the rebellion. Next three is like the heist. And now we're in a three where it's kind of like, it feels like what this section is going to be about is Andor trying to live a normal life whilst having been in some way part of the rebellion in this massive moment. Um, and you can kind of see that, like the conversation he has with his mum in this latest episode and she says, you know, like what happened on that planet is is great. Like I I felt, you know, that there was things happening. And you can see that his reaction is like, I want to tell you that I did that. Like that that was that was me. Yeah. But he doesn't. Um, and you kind of feel like, for me, I think the end game of this season will be that he accepts his place as like. Yeah, that's it. It's, I'm it's, in the rebellion. It's totally that, isn't it? He, yeah. yeah, he has to find his place, and then obviously season two he'll probably be like knee deep in it like he's hmm. you know he's, he's got a goal this is what he wants to he'll take on these jobs to do this yeah. so he, he almost doesn't have the sight does he like he knows what he wants to do or he, he yeah, thinks yeah. he does but he needs that he needs that push doesn't he and i think you're right i think at the end of this season he'll be he'll be that that's that's where this season will be building to so yeah yeah i mean so far i am i'm a big fan i think it's i think it's very good Bit bit slow in places, but I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. So yeah, that should burn anyone off. But as um, I, I think it's also a perfect weekly show. I know we've talked about this before that yeah. obviously like the binging days, like things like Daredevil and the Netflix Marvel shows and uh, plenty of other shows. There are some of these weekly Disney shows where I'm just kind of like, I I would rather just watch it all on one go. Yeah, um, like She Hulk, I've pretty much watched in bulk, um, mm -hmm. which well, I know we're going to talk about next, but um things like that and moon Knight, i would have just rather watched it in one one go and just been almost over with but yeah um with this it's sort of like wednesday and yeah, yeah yeah awesome because it's like yeah. an hour and it just uh it feels like a proper weekly show as well so yeah, yeah. like i said i dig it i like it love it love it it's so, good so sticking with uh you know old mickey mouse's uh wonderland and disney yeah 
I guess we should just touch upon some of the MCU stuff because quite a lot happened while we were on our, our hiatus. We had um, we had San Diego Comic Con and we had the yep. Disney Expo, and then we had all of that changed. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, so a lot of a lot of changes. There's obviously some mini announcements as well. Like we have a Deadpool three announcement with uh, mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman coming back, which I cool. I like. I uh, I yep. can understand the whole Logan thing as well, but it's yeah. it is what it is. It's Deadpool. It's you know if they've got a you know if they've got characters tearing up a screen and going into the offices, which I haven't seen yet, but I know what happens in She Hulk, and they've got a bloody you know all all sorts of other multiverse stuff going on. Then hey, why not why not bring yeah. Hugh back? Because that is it's a it's going to get like asses in seats hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, B, I think he's a bloody good Logan and Wolverine. So this is true. As long yeah. as I don't make him, as long as I don't make him off like a goof, yeah, uh, it will be. A, it should be good. But I, I think they'll keep him. I think that's going to be the dynamic, isn't it? That he'll be, he'll be him. Yeah, yeah. And Deadpool will be Deadpool, and that's yes. like the, that's the situation here. Yeah. What I don't want it to do is go the way that Thor and Hulk went, which even though I'm a big fan of Ragnarok, you have no. You saw Thor: Love and Thunder, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. You did not. You did not like it. Um. So let's wait, let's let's just we'll just we're just going to go around. Gonna okay. have many bumps on this road, but <laughs> yep. Thor, Thor: Love and Thunder, right? Let's just start there. Yeah. What? What happens? Okay, so here's the thing, right? What happened? So Nick? I thought Ragnarok was utter shit, like terrible. Awful. That's the that's the wrong. That's opinion. the right attitude. But yes, I'll, thank. You. Um, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> um, so I went into Thor: Love and Thunder with like lowest of the low expectations. Bear in mind as well, like MCU for me, as we've discussed in other episodes, you can go back and listen to them. I am fifty fifty. Some things I will absolutely love, Loki, Loki, or um, what do you call it? You say uh, Civil War. Oh, fucking stop this podcast. Um, no, Loki and uh, Ms. Marvel. I thought Ms. Marvel was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Um, what, is wrong, what is wrong? Are we ever going to see I Die? Ms. Marvel? <laughs> no, but thought they were great. Um, and then there's the lows, you know, Civil War. Ragnarok. Um, so, Speaking of Civil War, they only went and just tore that shit up, didn't they? In the, the, I, I've seen the second to last episode of She-Hulk, and Matt Murdock is just like, yeah, they're so like, vacuum because. They're done. I'm like, oh, yeah. right, what the fuck are we fighting <laughs> for? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so going into Thor Love and Thunder, I was like, lowest of low expectations. I was like, it, Ragnarok was bad. I love Taika Waititi. Um, like, what we do in the shadows, amazing. Jojo Rabbit, so amazing. Thor Ragnarok, no. Thor Love and Thunder, because I went in with such low expectations, I thought it was better than Ragnarok, but it wasn't good. It's not, it's not, because I, I like Ragnarok, right? I like Ragnarok because you still get a bit of Hulk, Hulk, Hulk in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the end. I like the Thor Loki stuff. Mm-hmm. Thor is, he's still a bit of Thor, but he's got a little, he's a bit, he's quite humorous as well, but because yeah. I think that works with Loki. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with Loki and with Angry Hulk, I think it comes off quite well. And there were a bunch of other characters in there that made it work. I mean, like Grandmaster and things like that. With Thor: Love and Thunder, I just thought, oh, a, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Jason Aaron comic. Like I love it. Like I think the the Gore the God Butcher uh, mm-hmm. run it is yeah. is 
phenomenal. Like Stark, uh, Gore. I mean, this villain Gore is literally hanging gods. He's hanging. He's brutalizing yep. them. Like Thor walks in a crypt, and just these massive gods are just hanging like nooses and well, with chains in their backs and everything. And then, I, obviously, I, I don't obviously people won't know that I'm I'm a big fan of Christian Bale as well, and I I thought nailed it this is going to be really good but of course they don't make him look like gore and i'm again you don't have to don't have to look exactly for comics but they make him doesn't look as uh, menacing he doesn't do yeah. any you don't see any god killing no no god killing which is his thing he's the god butcher you know, there's no uh none of that i hated the opening with his uh with his vision and stuff mm-hmm. or the you know the gods i, I just kind of think his character was a bit of a letdown. What he did with it probably was great. What they probably did off the page and he probably got into it, but I didn't like that. And I just thought the worst thing about it was that they just made Thor really dumb. Yeah. Like really dumb. Like yeah. really one-line jokes, not, not enough action, barely any action. Like mm-hmm. there was hardly anything. It was, it was just a pure comedy. And yeah. I find that frustrating. Frustrating? Frustrating, good pronunciation with the T and the H. <laughs> uh, frustrating with that, you know, he's a god. He's in Thor, he's pretty serious. He has these little jokes. Thor 2, still pretty serious. And he's like the last Avenger kind of kicking around. Yeah. Um, aside from Hawkeye and, and Hulk, but Hulk's not Hulk from Avengers. He's now pro yeah. Hulk, best Hulk. And yeah, just, they just, just, there were, it didn't really feel like there were any stakes because you hadn't seen this guy kill any gods. No one was really, it didn't feel like, I mean, it was, it was funny in some bits, but it was, and I know it was supposed to be sad. And it, in the comics, it's really sad with Jane Foster. You know, it's yeah. a horrible, it's a horrible story to have that much power. Yeah. yeah. But it's the only thing keeping you alive. Yeah. And, and you know, that was it's not, you know, it's, a, it's a tough story but again they just mixed it in with far too much comedy like that could have been like you know how the MCU try and do different genres like it could have been I don't know a drama <laughs> so mm-hmm. it just felt like they got it I, I just think they got it mixed up it could have been like a, a bit of a twist like yeah. like a bit a bit more disturbing she's she's dying and there's this guy murdering gods um, and Thor should be very serious like the woman he loves is dying. This guy's going around killing God. All he's fucking doing is making jokes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it didn't it didn't sit that well for me. I actually I actually liked it. I I mean I like Dark World more than I liked um Love and Thunder, which is probably a bit of a bold statement, but I yeah. you know, I didn't hate Dark World. I just it's definitely not one of the best MCU films, but mm. I think Love Love and Thunder just kind of emphasized what you and I have messaged about that phase four in total has been a bit of a, a bit up and down. Uh, yeah. As such a big Marvel fan, like I, I didn't enjoy Miss Marvel. Um, yeah. I can see the potential in the character. I didn't enjoy it that much though. And I was okay. very shocked when you told me you were loving it. It's like, Loved this it. is, this does not feel right. <laughs> but then there've been some, there've been plenty of highs, like love, love Spider-Man, love Loki. Um, I feel like they've done a lot to build a lot of stuff up. I also think they've kind of neglected to keep on top of threads. Um, and I yeah. think there's plenty of missed opportunities. Like Loki, Loki is like the centerpiece of that whole phase and probably what's building into phase five. Yeah. And they just, you know, not to not bring him into 
anything like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, to not have that as its core thing. And then they just, you can read all the theories, like with the timeline, like does Spider-Man come before Ms. Marvel? Does Ms. Marvel come before Spider-Man? Does this happen? Does this happen? Why is there no mention? Like Loki seeing the timeline be destroyed, but then all of a sudden Doctor Strange is the one opening this uh, timeline thing. I, I just feel like it's a bit of a mess. And um, Thor Love and Thunder just, yeah, just, I think it just tipped me over the edge a little bit with the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really rambling, but I really just was so disappointed in it because I did like Ragnarok a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just find it hard. How do you get a character like Thor back on track and seeing that he looks like he's probably going to be around for another few films? Like, how do you, how do you, that's what he was good for because he had these comedic, these tiny bit of comedic things. You think about like Age of Ultron where they're trying to lift the hammer and just have like a couple of lines every now and again. But when he needed to be serious, he was serious. And then now he's just, he's just a goof with a kid, you know? Yeah. I don't even think the kid thing is that bad of an idea. Like, I don't get it, but, it's it's almost like they've all grown up really quickly. Like they've all got kids all of a sudden, and there's younger versions of them coming out. I know these actors and actresses can't do Marvel films for the rest of their lives, but I don't know. Just weird. I, I don't know. But they, like I said, they've done some bits right. Like I don't think Multiverse Madness. I thought that was it was good as well, and I I, I liked uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi was it's great. Been, uh, yeah. I don't think it's been a terrible phase. I, I think it's probably been the weakest phase, but they've definitely focus more on the tv show side of things and i get that like i get what they're doing they're trying to build up these characters so they can inject them in quickly so like if moon knight wants to show up in a film you already know who moon knight is you don't have to do the backstory stuff ms marvel was in the marvels you don't have to do her background story she's ms marvel she doesn't have to just turn up you've done you're doing the legwork aren't you so you know you get a little bit of a taste at the end of the show of what they can do and then boom if moon knight wants to show up in thunderbolts You can show up in Thunderbolts. It's, I think uh, it's just it, it's just that Phase Four has just felt like there's no. Um, ah. It's not so much even that. It's just like there's no care for, um, like the details that make it interesting. So, like Ms. Marvel, the thing that I really liked about it was that they threw in a lot of things that they didn't have to throw in, and that is what made it interesting to me. It was the same with Loki. Like, Loki was... You could easily just do a Loki show where it's just him fucking around. But they decided to weave in Kang. And it be like, here's a character who's not necessarily taking things seriously because he's a bit of a goof, meeting basically, like, what could fuck everything. Gel those two together and you get a really interesting concept. And then on the flip side of it, you've got shit like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was one of the worst things I've ever watched, and I wish I could get my hours back in my life from watching it. Welcome Zemo dancing. Yeah, it was just... It was, no, the, the whole thing was just awful. Um, the there, villain... There was, were some alright bits. There were some good bits of Falcon and Winter Soldier, but a lot of it felt pretty tedious. Like, it's just... Yeah, it just didn't do anything. Um, but, yeah, but that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say. They're trying to... I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but they're build, right. that's the thing. They wanted to get... They wanted to get... They wanted to get Sam... Yeah, to, Captain to America, be, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And they wanted to like yeah. do an arc for Winter Soldier. So like, oh yeah, you need to clear this head so you can move on yeah. to this. They're trying to they're trying to get a lot of things. Phase four for me is like a huge just setting up phase five. It's like a bunch of end credits, hmm. but as a TV show or a film. That's what I kind of uh Yeah, yeah, it is that. It is it is essentially like we need this character here. Um, it doesn't really matter what 
the quality of that is because it's about those last five minutes. But that's what bugs me so much is that it's like TV is at like such a high quality bar. And I feel like what they've generally churned out to the MCU shows is like lowest of the low, but give you a five minute end bit where you'll be like, that was cool. But it's yeah, but that's it, isn't it? Yeah, but it's generally it. awful. Like it is just ge- like Moon Knight. I absolutely love Moon Knight as the comic. Like Jeff Lanier's run, gold. Max Bemis's run, gold. The series, pretty shit, because they basically were like, um, we can't do an R rated, so let's just do this. I think they've just gone for too much. I think they've just gone for too much comedy. Yeah, I think yeah, that's why Shang Chi worked because Shang Chi kind of felt like one of the original Marvel films, where it's like, yeah, there's going to be yeah. some one-liners, there's going to be a yeah. bit of jokes, and yeah. the comedic presence in that was obviously his friend. And she was, when I saw the trailer, I was like, she's going to drive me nuts, but she's actually pretty, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I just think they're they've got so much going on now that they need to take a back back seat, and I, I think that's the one thing that I feel positive about as, as a big Marvel fan. And I, I don't think it's all awful. Like, don't for a second. Like, I think there's good bits and. Every single show, I think there's some good bits in Ms. Marvel. I can't deny I didn't wet myself when the little X-Men theme yeah. popped up at the end. That was cool. I think there's some good bits in She-Hulk. I think there's some good bits in, in, in Moon Knight. There are some bits, but I think they're almost overdoing the comedic sense of it. And they're, they're just thinking, like, this will be good. And this will mm-hmm. get, you know, like the end of She-Hulk. Like, I haven't, haven't seen the end of She-Hulk yet. But I know she talks to a camera called Kevin. And yeah. I know... She breaks the fourth wall, which I found a bit of a struggle during this show. It's one thing with Deadpool doing it, but it's kind of like, I don't know, she does it in the comic. I think comic is great. Dan Slot's run is really good and everything, but it just feels a little bit out of place because it feels like there's no seriousness to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have her in the Avengers and then her turning around during Endgame and being like, oh, like, I'm going to go and fight Thanos now. It just wouldn't sit right. It, it works in our own series, but again, I just don't feel like how I take her seriously. Uh, going forward it's almost like it it's almost like flipping off the audience and people that do like she says some stuff at the end right about x-men and everything mm-hmm. it's like that's i just don't think like that's needed like why is that why is that needed in she hulk nick why tell me why no you don't know the wrong person to explain the mcu considering how much disdain i have for the majority of but, it because i but, just feel but like then, I look at the lineup and I think about the good stuff from Loki and everything. And I, I've, I've just seen it's going to be weeks old now, the Quantum Mania trailer, and there's heavy on the Kang. Well, not heavy on the Kang, but there's a bit of Kang in there. Jonathan Majors as Kang is going to be awesome. Yeah. But you've got like Ant Man and Wasp Quantum Mania, which I think is going to set the tone for it being a bit darker um, going forward. I think Phase Five will be pretty dark. I think Secret Invasion has got such a good cast. And I think that's going to be, even though it's about scrolls, I think it's going to be quite grounded. It's like a thriller by the looks of it. Guys of the Galaxy, you know what you're going to get, although neither of us were that fond of Volume 2, but we, I, I really like Volume 1. I just thought Volume 2 was basically just a copy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's going to be the end of that trilogy, and I, I think it's going to go on a high-end set quite a lot with Adam Warlock and stuff. Yeah. Echo, I'm in for because I love Wilson Fisk's Kingpin, and I love Charlie Cox's Daredevil, and they're both going to be in it, so I'm, I've got time for that if it sets up some stuff like it. Rumours are it's going to set up Spider-Man and Daredevil being in a film, like Spider-Man 4. Fine. Make it work. Loki Season 2. Marvel's I'm up for, even though I wasn't a big fan of Ms. Marvel. Blade's got its issues now. Yeah. Ironheart could be good. 
that Ironheart could be good if some of the rumors about that are true. And she, it looks like she's not just like a, from the trailers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I think will be a very nice wrap up to this phase. I think it's, I think it's going to be a big thing to wrap it up. I know you're not a fan of, uh, you weren't a fan of Black Panther. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, fan of Black no, I, I thought. No, you weren't a fan of the trailer. You've seen the trailer for Wakanda Forever and it didn't do anything for you. Right. Yeah, so the the first film was effectively that. I was just middle of the road on it. I was like, it's not, you know, the worst thing in the world, but it's also not great because it is yeah. just basically every other Marvel film ever. Yeah, like I, I like I Black Panther, but I think Wakanda Forever will, will do. It's the right film to end it on. I think, you know, Daredevil again, Born Again, which, which is a longer series, which is great. And then you've got New World Order, Captain America, which I'm, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a weird ending with New World Order and Thunderbolts, but it's I assume that will get shifted around anyway. And then you've you've got Deadpool in there now as well, or is he it's, in Phase Six? He's Phase Five. I don't know because it's been moved. Yeah, but then then I think Phase Six sounds really good. Like if it's Deadpool, Fantastic Four, uh, and you've got Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, like. Yeah. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of good to come, Nick. I think we just have to kind of soldier our way through this phase. So I'm a, I'm opti- optimistic, but I'm very sad about Thor: Love and Thunder, and I, I'm very I don't know what I expected from She-Hulk, so I don't think I'm disappointed. I just just I don't know what I expected. So yeah, She-Hulk is like I really like her as She-Hulk and Jenna Falls. I think she's interesting. She's a cool actor. She's like, a very good actress. Everything she calls it. She, I mean, she yeah. she hits a home run with how she plays Jennifer Walters and she yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, I don't think you could have got a better person for it. And I don't. No. I get what it is. It's like a lawyer drama comedy thing. I yeah. get it, but don't put Daredevil in there. <laughs> yeah, you see, like so, so that I thought I was going to really hate because I was like, She Hulk was like. My issue with it is that it just meandered. She Hulk is like phase four in a series just feels like it has very little direction doesn't quite know what it wants to be but here's a few gags and some good at acting with some pretty shoddy other writing um that is kind of how i was feeling about she hulk got to the charlie cox episode thought that was really interesting didn't mind how they portrayed him i was kind of like actually you know what fine like i wouldn't want that as the series because it would be really weird to have him cracking jokes and being more humorous in a series that's about him um but as a pop-up in she-hulk fine like it worked i I didn't have an issue with it um it was cool to see him do a bit more like gymnastic stuff as well um at least i said i said to my wife yannica like when he dropped down into the hallway it's like they gave me a hallway scene feel a bit better and we did get a little one but it's far too many cuts for another hallway scene yeah yeah and also then so, she-hulk just arrives and did she-hulk yeah and yeah. she said she-hulk smash i was like get out yeah um but the, the finale is the thing where it like really aggravated me because for a series which i felt like was meandering and wasn't sure what it wanted to do or who the villain was or like why this story is being told like what is the reason for this story like what are you trying to say with it what is the character doing and you get to the end and effectively it's we think this is really clever 
break the fourth wall and have her decide the end. Um, but what it does is it like invalidates the entire fucking series because you go, if she decides that then, why didn't she decide it in the first episode? Why didn't she and say how would she not decide things in the future? Yeah, like if you if you introduce Did she, did she decide that does she decide the whole Kaza Sun then? Uh not that bit, but kind of the rest of it. It's like uh pick this, pick this, pick this. That's who's gonna be there, that's what this ending's gonna be. And it basically is right. the like she's not like they set up one thing, she's not happy with how it is, she leaves, sets up what it is. And, and I just kind comes of back into it. Yeah. Once she's spoken to Kevin, she sets up how it and the thing I there? find infuriating about them more than ever is they actually isn't there a bit when they actually talk about Wakanda forever? Possibly, I can't really remember. And they say and like it, we're working on we've stopped working on your stuff now. We're going to work on the special effects of Wakanda forever. I'm like that just makes it feel like it's not. Don't get me wrong, I know Wakanda forever isn't real. Yeah, but it makes it feel like well, you're almost. I don't know. I don't know what I think. I just don't. I don't agree with that. There's breaking the fourth yeah. wall and talking to the audience like. Yeah, hey, yeah, Matt yeah. Murdock, he's he's cute. I'm gonna go and get me some, but then there's breaking the fourth wall and just you're right. It's like you're trying to be clever, and it's clever for a few minutes, and the critics are loving it, but it's not. Yeah, it's just it. it feels like it one feels, of those. It things. just feels odd. It just feels like it feels like you're just yeah digging yourself a hole. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It just that was the thing that annoyed me the most is that like I got to the end. And it didn't feel like the character had had a journey because ultimately the character decided what the journey was. Um, and I thought, well, if if you're having a break fourth wall and she decides what the journey is, then why didn't she just do it? This like, why does this series exist? What what like why is yeah. what is the point? If you have that ability to say no. I don't like what you've done with this ending. I'm going to change it myself. Why would you have a whole series? Unless you were clever enough to, at the start of it, say, this is my series, and I'm going to tell you a series about how I get from A to B. And then it's her story. She's the one writing the story. But you don't. What you have is like this, a few quips at the end of most episodes, like, is this where the story's going? And then she writes her own ending. Um, and I just, yeah, it just aggravated well, me. Because I'm going just... to I'm gonna have to see it, obviously. I mean, I know yeah. quite a lot of what happens because it's been a bit of a gap in between when it was released, but yeah. I just already know it's probably not going to sit on me. Although, like I said, I, I didn't think the series was that. There were some bits of it that I thought I'd hate, like the, the drunk lady who I actually thought was Mad- Madison. Oh, yeah. I think. Her and Wong, when she kept calling them Wongas and stuff, I was like, it's terrible, but it's a good terrible. Um, you it know, was, her talking about yeah. being with a demon, I'm like, oh, is that Mephesto? Is that the first tease of Mephesto? Because he's been linked with Sasha Baron Cohen to be yeah. uh, that role. But I don't know, I feel like it's one step away from like her breaking the fourth wall in a major film and then like Kang looking into the camera and being like, who the fuck are you talking to? Like, that's stuff that I don't, it just doesn't sit right with me. But one thing in the comics, because it's just you you in the comic as well, but when it's like a big thing, it's, uh, it feels a bit weird. But anyway, I'll watch it. I'll let you know next time we do our pop culture episode what I thought. Yeah. But, um, 
yeah, it's the whole phase uh, to wrap that up. It's it's been a bit up and down for me, and I, yeah. as I said, I'm very optimistic about the future. I'll always give all this stuff a go, and I'm, I'm very excited about Wakanda Forever. I like, I really like Neymar as a character. I think it looks, he looks good, and I think the, you know, I think, I think it looks, I think it looks like it's going to be a good film. So I, I really enjoyed Black Panther, and I, yeah, I'm I'm up for Ryan Coogler to to see this one there. Hit home run, hopefully. He's going to do big money, sure. I doubt. I'm indifferent. Isn't he? I just... Yeah. Like, they've got things coming out which I'm intrigued by, but I'm not... I'm not necessarily like, oh, I can't wait. I'm just... But you're, I mean, you're the guy, you'll, you'll watch... I mean, you and I both watch a lot of things, and we, you know, you know comics, music, things. We'll try different things, and we'll, we'll always give things time. with I'll give anything. Like, if, you know, like, Black Adam is getting pretty uh pretty negative reviews uh yeah. from i think i don't really trust i don't trust a lot of critic scores um apart from critics that i know have an affiliation for the genre like yeah. you know like empire magazine for instance there's a lot of people there they do a very good podcast and they're all big fans of comics but there are I'm sure there are people that work at that company that do not like superhero films and they would give a superhero film a bad review but like yeah quality reviewers on YouTube and and podcasts and things that we're associated with that give very good reviews. And you they also they're not biased though. They will give it a it's not great, they'll give it a negative review as well. But there are some critics that just don't give a crap about superhero stuff and they're just like, yeah, it was just loud. Yeah. One star. But there are audience scores as well. And I I know there is this whole like cancel culture thing as well, but Black Adam had none of that. There was no reason for it to be that. And it's been up and down uh, it looks like reviews but i would i'd always give it a chance like you know it's like me watching venom let there be carnage recently where awesome. you uh you forewarned me about it but i was like i'm gonna watch it and you know what it was not good no it wasn't <laughs> so <laughs> okay so last thing that i wanted to talk about because we're on opposite ends of this one like probably complete opposite ends as well. There's no like middle ground. I don't know if it's complete. It probably is, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So, Rings of Power, the Amazon series or the Rings. So I absolutely love it. Like, I think it has been one of the best things on TV recently. And from the few messages we've talked about, you did enjoy it, right? No, not really. Okay. So this caused an interesting conversation for me to pop up because um, I was speaking to Harry about it. So like Harry also absolutely loves the series. Like you two are so lame. <laughs> but we were talking about it the other day um, when we were lettering, and we were talking about like all the things you love about it and how it's really similar to uh, Jackson's version and like things that are totally the same and like. Um, stylistically like how it looks as well but the thing that i thought was the most interesting right so before it came out i was really skeptical because the article i'd read was that they didn't have the rights to the silmarillion which is essentially the second age and that is what they're adapting all they had was lord of the rings hobbit and the appendices and they'd built a story from that so i was like "Mm, could be awful First episode, I absolutely loved. And I was like, okay, they're telling a story in their way. 
And what I thought about is the show isn't named after a book in the sense of Rings of Power is not any specific book. They were clear that they can't adapt the Silmarillion. So therefore, it's like an original telling of what they've got. They've told it in a certain way, and they, they're dramatizing it in a, di- in a different format. Which raised the question for me, because obviously there was a lot of audience reactions. Some of it was to do with the cancel culture thing of people being like, you can't have a black elf, which is mental. Yeah, um, fuck that stuff. That's stupid. Yeah, there's loads of shit like that. And then there was obviously some of the people who were very like purists, like they're not adapting Tolkien's work. They're adapting their own thing of it, right? So right. raise the question of what makes a good adaptation? Is it one for one? You want source material adapted to the, a different medium? Or is it about the tone and the feel of something being put into another medium? Because there's instances of both, right? So like Harry Potter, the films do not adapt the book very well. Like they miss out a ton of stuff, but thematically and feel-wise, it's there. Like they've got that sense of magic. They've got that sense of feel. Um, Civil War, which we talked about earlier on, has the name of the book, Civil War. It's different but it's very different and it's barely a civil war. Um, And yet that adaptation works for like you and it worked for a bunch of other people because critically it it landed. Um, Rings of Power for me is all about that thematic and that, that feel that it's like, does it feel like Middle Earth? Does it feel like Lord of the Rings? And the story that they're telling, um, like I read an interview with them when the finale came out, they basically said they'd love to tell people like where they're going. But they said, essentially what you've seen at the moment is half a painting. So when you see the whole painting, you'll see how we've got from A to B. And I kind of think that's like a valid way of saying all of your issues that Tolkien fans have got, give us till the closure before you judge us. Because I think I think they're still going to adapt it in the same way. It's just how people get there will differ. That will be the thing. And that's the adaptation, right? Like, that's the thing. So it just brought up a really curious conversation of, like, adaptation and what people want from the adaptation. And then I guess my, my kind of question that I came up with after all of thinking about all of this is, like, if if there was a real hardcore Tolkien fan who was like, it has to be what's in the source material, like they have to adapt it exactly. Do they then apply that same logic to Harry Potter or Civil War? And if they don't, why? Like, why is it that this is the exception? Because that's sort of what it feels like on the internet a little bit. I think I think you're right. I think you've you've definitely uh, hit the nail on the head. I, I think there are. It's all right for one thing, but not all right for another thing. Like, it's all right for me to say I didn't like Rings of Power because I didn't follow the source material. But again, I don't read. It's like I said about Star Wars. Like, I like Tolkien. I like Lord of the Rings. I love the Lord of the Rings films. Mm. But I didn't go into Lord of the Rings when I was literally like, hey, that's nothing like the book. Or, hey, that's exactly like the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like going into Watchmen and being like, it's like I'm literally watching the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on screen or Sin City. Like those yeah. two are very, uh, you, know, you could side by side both of those. Yeah. Um, I, I just think so. I'm I'm surrounded by I, I, a lot of people. I, I in a, in the comic shop that I work in, there there were some big, big, big Lord of the Rings fans. One guy specifically who you've met before at Comedy Con and stuff, Sebastian. Yeah. And he is he's like in he's in deep, like really deep, like with the lore mm-hmm. and everything. And he hated Rings of Power. Okay. Uh, and him and I had a conversation as well about is it because it's not adapted exactly how you want it to be? And he said it's more than that though. It's the the language that they use. Uh, he said the only thing good about it is the way it looks. Okay. Which he said it looks very good. He said that he says look, the language is off. Characters no, you're not connected to any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, a lot of it is changed, and he is also aware that this could is it is it three or five seasons? Five. Be? Five. He's aware that there's probably a progress to it as well. And I think he he saw quite a bit of it. Him and I didn't really talk about it when it first came out. Um, but we over the weeks we started watching it around about the same time and a lot of our views. I I I think he does for this specific thing, yes, I think he does care about the adaptation because he's such a big fan, but I don't mm-hmm. for a second think he gives a shit about other things. You know, yeah. I certainly didn't look at Civil War as your example and think, I mean, I did look and think that's nothing like the comic. Like yeah. You don't, they don't introduce Spider-Man in Civil War and then have them take his mask off. Mm. You know, they have in Civil War, Spider-Man has been Spider-Man for a long, long time. So it's a huge moment. Um, but I, I think in Sebastian's case is that he he's let down because there was so much hype about it. And I know there were people that said before they went into it that it's going to be their own sort of interpretation of it. And there's a grand yeah. picture, like you said, the half painted thing. But there were also a lot of people that said it was it was a a complete adaptation it is like they're taking everything from these pages and i think he just became very frustrated with it and i think the more he got frustrated with it, the more he wished it was something that he actually yeah it wasn't getting he, he he was hoping it would be yeah um and i see that as well you know it does happen all the time with like comic films and things like that. you mm. you long you want for something like i think the way they portrayed like someone like thanos in the films was very very much like how he is in the comics yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Made me made me very happy. Like they, you got good bits. You got him in his armor. You got him doing various bits. But there are other characters that do not get portrayed like that. And we can all think mm-hmm. about that with some of the DC films and everything that like you know, different characters. Um, for me, what I didn't like, and I know we message about it, is that I think I don't think any. I don't think there was one character that I I really cared about. Okay. Um, or that made me care. I thought some of the speeches that they had were awful. Um, right which completely threw me out of the loop of it. Like there were some speeches by the lady who's in the Southlands and she's like, this is why we're going to rally together and this is why we're going to do it. But it just fell completely flat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my wife and I watched it and I think we just, we enjoyed it. It's something we, it was not like we looked forward to it. Or I don't think we looked forward to it. We just kind of like it was Friday night and was on and it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Middle Earth, when the volcano erupts and stuff, it looks great. But, you know, there's just, you know, the guy who is, is Sauron. I can't remember his name. Terrible with oh, right. these character names. But his, his whole character completely changes. Like, it just yeah. shifts. Like, it just, he's this one guy for so long. And I know it's all part of his stick. Like, he's like, uh, you know, he's undercover and he's doing this or whatever. Mm. But then just in that last episode, his whole personality changes. And it's not 
it's not like he's trying to convince anyone. He's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm here now. I can do my master plan of giving them the idea to make some rings. Mm-hmm. But from the moment he gets off that horse and he wakes up in the bed, he's a completely different person. Yeah. Same things happen with Gladriel. Same things happen with, like, the the elf who's going down to see the dwarfs and everything like that. And well, that, I just felt like there were too many shifts in these characters. Like, we talk about Andor. Yeah. And those yeah. characters, like, progressing. I, I felt like, you know, you these characters are getting important and they're doing different things all, all linked together. Mm-hmm. I just felt Parata, like, every week I was kind of like, that, that doesn't work. Like, I mean, she wakes up in water, sour on it goes into her mind knows everything about her and then she wakes up out the water and she gets our run around the neck and she's like where did we meet and he's like oh this is where we met ah sauron wouldn't know that how could he possibly know that he's just been in your mind yeah knows everything about you and we clearly know that he can do whatever he wants to do yeah uh so i don't know it's all small things like when we were texting i think i just was like i was feeling a bit let, let down by it but i've also had other people coming at me quite hard with like yeah, yeah. hey it's terrible and like, you try not to let those people in necessarily but in, yeah. in your head but the more it happened the more i kind of thought you know what it didn't it didn't feel that good i didn't i didn't come yeah. out of it thinking uh bloody hell and i i hold something like rings of power at a higher level i think than you know the marvel stuff for instance mm-hmm. that we've just been talking about there's different levels isn't there and there's different yeah, kinds yeah. of quality tv like yeah. the bear which is like critically acclaimed that is a completely different level to these other things as well. But brings a power I thought with the money they shoved into it, and even like the way the trailer looked. You and I, I think probably one of our last podcasts, but the second trailer just come out maybe, or yeah. kind of you and I talked on the phone, and I thought, you know what, this is going to be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, going into Thorn Love Thunder with your expectations being low, my expectations were very high. Expectations, yeah. sorry, were very high for this, and it, I think it just it just fell flat for me. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because maybe like, it's a negative because you know you and Harry, you know your opinions to me are important because we see we're close and we like a lot of the same stuff and you know the Marvel stuff. We and I could go back and forth on all day, but yeah, yeah, I don't know whether I've missed something. Maybe I have just been uh, you know blocked. If any people listen to this podcast so they haven't seen it, then you definitely go with Nick's uh, side of uh, like of loving it than than mine because you should be open to it. But just. I just didn't feel attached to anyone. I think you yeah. need that. You need that in a in a show that's. I mean, there's 71 minute episodes as well. Yeah, yeah. Or was yeah. there six six of them or eight of them? Eight, I think, in total. Eight. So you know, it's a big chunk of time to yeah. to feel like you don't. You know, you don't connect. It, it doesn't mean for a second that I'm not going to watch season two because, of mm. course, I will. I, I I think there's always room for things to. If I don't like something, I know there's a chance it can improve. I know also it can get worse. But you know. Uh, yeah, I just I I can't. I think the cinematography and the way it looked, I thought it did feel like Middle Earth. What you're saying about adaptations, yeah, totally. It looked yeah. spot on. Because um, that that was the thing. So it, like, um, on the first two episodes, I just thought the writing, like, there was a conversation between Galadriel and Elrond, and I just thought it was like written in such a like flourished way. I was like, this is crazy. Like. It started like that. I think it started like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and I think it got a bit sloppy. That's why I think. Okay. Yeah, because like those conversations and a couple of conversations between Alrond and Durin, I think all those were hitting home. That I was like, you, you've nailed this. Like rings to me thematically and about this this feel of an adaptation. Um, like I went into it with the kind of a, 
expectation of like, I don't, they're not going to adapt the Silmarillion because otherwise they would have had the rights to Silmarillion. They probably would have called it the Silmarillion. They didn't. They called it Rings of Power. So I went into it with like, I literally don't know what this will be. Like, it's their own version of it. Whatever they want to do, they can do because they have that creative license. Um, and so I was kind of watching it just off of the realm of like, okay, have they captured the tone? And I think they did really well do those things. And going into the final episode, I, I remember saying to a couple of people, like, I really don't want Halbrand to be Sauron because online everyone was like, he's Sauron. And I was like, I don't, I don't want it to be. I want him to be like King of the Dead or somebody like that, like somebody minor. Um, and then when the reveal happens, all of the scenes with him in my head were suddenly like going. I was like, fuck. It was like really obvious. Like he was like, my home was taken away from me. I don't want to be the same person I was before. Like I'm looking for a change. He's really happy on Numenor. Um, because he's away from Middle Earth and he's got this chance to be somebody new. Um, and he's got this interest in smithing and crafting. Um, and his whole thing is about trying to find this purpose. And I thought then when he has the conversation with Galadriel, where he's like trying to convince her to, to be on his side, his reasoning is like, I thought it was just smart that they didn't paint him as like, just the villain he's like i can actually fix anything that's wrong like that's my yeah. purpose is like as a villain that's thanos like yeah, thanos, yeah, thanos, yeah. Thanos, yeah yeah he's like you know there is an issue here and i can correct it i can stop thanos this wasn't wrong yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing and sauron's the same where you put sauron in this position and the article i was reading with the creators at the end of the finale they were sort of saying how um Season two, Sauron is their Walter White. He's their, um, like, he's doing his bad shit because he's trying to get to this point. Um, and he's trying to, like, achieve what it is that he's trying to stop in some ways. And I was like, fuck, that's a really interesting turn. Like, I wouldn't have thought that. And it's the same with, like, they've obviously, you know, changed the way how the rings are made and, like, the, the narrative there. But the way that they've done it now is reading this interview, they were like, in, uh, in lore and like in, in, you know, the films and stuff, elves are portrayed as the ones that always know the right thing to do, that they're like, mm-hmm. we are very noble, we know exactly what to do. And what that finale does is they're like, they craft these three rings kind of going, we don't know if this is the right thing. Like, Just doing it. Yeah, they're like, we've made them, but is this the right decision? We don't know. And I thought, fuck, that's like a really smart piece of writing that you're kind of like, it, it's, it's, it's the smarter way of the She-Hulk thing. So She-Hulk is like, we're going to be really clever and flip this on an audience. And I think Rings has done the same, but in a more finesse way that they've kind of gone like, think about it. Like elves, you always think they do the right thing. In this moment, you don't know. Like you're uncertain. And I was like, fuck, like, like A, that's really dark. Um, and B, it just makes quite an interesting setup for for next season. That I'm kind of like, oh yeah, there's a lot of like uncertainty. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. I think that is true. Like that whole yeah. uh, like uncertainty and stuff is good. And you know, even Sauron walking towards his 
you know Mordor and everything. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good stuff I think can happen. I just you know trying to think about when when you make a series like this with so much money behind it, the people that are writing and stuff like are they making it? They're obviously the end game here is the same with the Marvel stuff. All the stuff is their their aim is to get people watching it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then it's you're sacrificing people's some people like you take like my friend seven stuff like that like people that love this stuff mm. and you're taking it and you are you you're making it your own thing essentially mm. like yes you're using the notes and stuff and all that stuff and you don't have rights to everything but i can see his side of it as well and other people's yeah. sides of it and other audience that are like oh my god you're they're going to make a rings of power like we haven't had anything lord of the rings since the hobbit and hobbit was a bit up and down and it's yeah. in its sure. things but are you excited? And then all that comes along, and it's like, no, this isn't what happens. No, this isn't how they craft the yeah, rings. Yeah, no, yeah. this isn't what happens. And this isn't what yeah. they do. I hope it looks like it, but it's not. The words aren't right. And they're yeah. using language like they said there was a few times where they said what? Like yeah. they said it like, you what, mate? Like almost like that doesn't fit. Like none yeah. it wasn't that exact line, but there were other bits. And you know, there was some I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. And I and I, I can see that, I can understand that. Like, um, you know, it's just like me saying about Thor, Love and Thunder. Like, yes, Thor is a bit of a, he's a bit of a lad. Like, he does that. But you, you mm. take away the, you know, you adapt a comic like Jason Aaron's run and you turn it into just this goofy thing. Yeah. And that can hurt someone, uh, like, who has such a, a love of something. Like, I love yeah. that run. I thought it was fantastic. And I, I can see where someone like Seb is coming from, but... I also completely see your point of view. Like, I, I would probably, if I ever rewatched it again, I would probably be able to maybe drown out some more of the noise that I've had to come away about it. But I think, yeah. um, I think it started for me. It started off at like a, a good level, and I just think every week for me, I was kind of like, ah, yeah, okay, I could, yeah. yeah. I so can, then I'm, I'm feeling it's starting to wane on this a little bit. Yeah, like I assume then Seb, um, again, I could probably ask him this at some point, like. In terms of Lord of the Rings, the film, does he not enjoy it? Because like that adapts things in like a completely different manner, like Aragorn, completely different. Like there's loads. Yeah, of no, I think he... no, he's definitely has his issues with it as well. Hundred percent, okay. he has his issues, but I think he likes it. I, I think the issue again for him is that 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 stuff came out when he was younger. I mean, it came out when I was young, mm. and I'm now. I can't even remember how old I am. 36. <laughs> I should definitely do my research. I'm 36. Yeah. And he's he's in his early 30s. Mm. Uh, I think he's just 30, actually. So, I mean, he came up when he was, I don't know, he must have been teeny tiny. Uh, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. So he's, that, that's been something that's been around. Definitely mm. Fellowship of the Ring. And then he's, yeah. you know, that stuff's in. But this is, since those have come out and he's watched them as he's grown up and everything like that, mm. you know, he's fallen in love with this whole thing. So I, I, I assume his thoughts on, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is probably different to this because he probably wants something different now. Yeah. Um, I imagine if Lord of the Rings, and it will happen, obviously, it will be remade eventually, won't it? It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then it'll probably be like, I want it done as true to the book as possible, possible or the yeah. uh, Tolkien. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We haven't really spoken about this trilogy, but I, I imagine other people probably feel the same. There are probably people that are much older that saw that trilogy and thought, nope. They said about Harry Potter. You know, yeah, there's yeah, probably yeah. going to be people out there that are like, there are. I know there are. It's yeah. like, no, it's nothing like the books. The books are better than the films. Yeah, but then there are people who have seen the films before they've read the books and they're like, this is nothing like the film. Like, fuck's going on? 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just have it in the comic shop. Have it in the comic shop. I'm pretty sure we had this conversation on podcast before, where people want to read something like the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they read the Infinity Gauntlet, like, what the hell is going on? What is all this Perez artwork? Like, who are these mofo's in the corner? Why is this happening? Yeah. Why is Thanos standing in the middle of space saying, "Come and get me"? Like, it doesn't like they. It's not what they want. They want the stuff, and I. I think for someone like Seth, who's so in, so so into the books, that yeah. if you, even the original trilogy has his issues for him, but he's probably only found that out as he's rewatched them over and over yeah. again. Like, oh, this is completely different. Yeah. But he wanted more from Rings Power. I think a lot of these fans and the amount, I think it's the amount of money that's gone into it that I, I think they probably could have tried harder to appease some of their core fans. Mm-hmm. Even though it's just a, it's fantastic that these things are being made, obviously, but. For me, it's not necessarily about the law and stuff. Like, I think they've done some characters incorrectly from what I know and get mm-hmm. what I've heard. But I, I, I think it was just, you know, like when the lady, the queen was having a speech on the hill, just thought, no, like, <laughs> I don't, I'll just, I'll, there's no bit of me that's like, oh yeah, you'll come back stronger and you'll kick their ass. I was like, get them orcs. Yeah. Get them all. Yeah. So, it's, it's interesting. I just, yeah, it, Brought up, I feel like this has just been the pinnacle of um, of like the conversation around adaptations, and it's just been really interesting to watch how like how literal people take it, and then look at why um, it's that way with some things and not others. Like, why yeah. is this so beholden to this? Um, and it, it's yeah. a good it's, it's a it's a massive thing you think i mean there's yeah. so many people like different podcasts and stuff i've listened to about it there are people that think that i think when it comes to like rings of power as our example like i'm probably in the middle like i can okay. see i can see the good mm-hmm. i feel like i can see the bad um i have my opinions about rings of power before these other people that love it uh, and yeah, love yeah. the books and talking i had my opinions that it was it was going a bit downhill for me before and then they just came at me and i was kind of like you know what how dare they? And it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, this yeah, is where yeah. I am. But yeah, um, so I, yeah, I can I can see all sides of it. But I, mm. it's a, it's a very good question about the adaptation because I I certainly can flip flop in between. Like I can be very like Thor Love and Thunder, like how fucking dare they? And I can be like, hey, they've got to do their own thing. Yeah, like uh, it's, it's make just, it their own. Yeah, it's just really curious. It's kind of like um, like for me, I think it comes down to uh, knowing what it is going in. And that's based on title and like interviews with the creators. So like Civil War, I went into thinking book Civil War, like it's called yeah. Civil War. And what I got was like a fight in a car park that was conveniently abandoned. And I was like, no. Airport, mate. Airport. Okay. Green screen, um, which half of them weren't there. But um, that was what hit that the most for me is that I was like, you've sold me on the name. Like, you've told me this film is Civil War. Whereas Rings of Power was like, I don't have a source material because there's nothing called Rings of Power. And you've openly said you're adapting this from appendices. So I know you're not adapting one for one. So instead, I'm kind of like, I don't know what you're going to do. and then it becomes like, well, have you captured my feelings of Middle Earth? And that was kind of where I was like, I think this is how I land. But I'd never thought about it before this show that I was kind of like, 
maybe it is just about title and where the creators are coming from. Um, because that's the same with Harry Potter, right? Like Harry Potter is named after the books. And so people yep. go in being like, this is gonna be Prisoner of Azkaban or whatever. Um, because that name is there. And I just thought that's quite intriguing. Um that we've hit this point now of adaptations where it's almost like what is it about an adaptation that works for you? Because again, Watchmen, like I remember when that came out, people fucking hated it because it was one for one. Like people were like, it's literally just the book. And you're kind of like, yeah. But the thing about that was Watchmen 300, since it's, they all came out around the same sort of time. Yeah, it was it's like, time. hey, they great comic. Let's take it, uh, take it off the page. Yeah. yeah but um, it's, 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 it's going to be the same with Secret Wars, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is, uh, that's actually not an amazing comic. I, I do yeah. like Secret Wars. I have a bit of a soft spot for it, but it is, uh, is it's not going to be the same, is it? It's not going to no. be. Uh, it's uh yeah it's not it's not going to be this it's not going to be the same as the comic there's multiple yeah. characters that will not exist in this thing and but it will be sold on the name it will get the ass yeah, yeah. people come to the comic shop and say hey i want to read secret wars just like i saw in the movies but I'll be like movies why am i american uh in the cinema and yeah. uh but it will be different yeah. so it's uh it's an interesting question yeah Very, um, it's one I I, like, I, yeah i think yeah. it's something that might crop up a lot in our third season as we watch more stuff of kind of like adaptation based in terms of um yeah how it's uh, kind of doing its job um, i haven't really spoken to anyone outside of this little circle of uh other than you and i messaging about rings of power so i you know interesting to obviously interesting that harry likes it and there's a few people that are friends of the podcast which i, I actually don't know what they feel about it but it's um I, I hope it's not just me in our like inner circle of people that don't uh, weren't a big fan because then I feel like maybe I've missed the trick. But uh, anyway, yeah, everyone has their own opinions, don't they? So yeah, I mean, like yeah, that was the interesting. thing. I think that was the thing is like you were the first person that I'd met that like wasn't online that didn't like it. Um, yeah, and that that was the thing that kind of struck me is like I think after those third third or fourth episodes, I think like everybody I'd spoken to about it was like this is incredible. And I think but you and I, I were like texting that. about it. The third third episode or so, I wasn't like, you know, actually the, the bit when the orcs had the elves as prisoners and there's a bit That's of the cool. scene, like fighting and everything. Although the guy who plays the main, the, the elf who's like fighting, to, he's born of the human. He's actually a character, actually was a character in Sesame Street. Oh, was he? So my, nice. my son watches quite a bit of Sesame Street. So he's, you know, he's got an afro and he's singing all these kids' songs. I'm like, hey, it's, uh, <laughs> it's that guy. Mando from Sesame Street. Look at him go. <laughs> uh so um so yeah so i i was i was there for a bit i was like yeah. this looks really good and my wife really enjoyed it as well and then it just just dwindled it's more like, and more yeah. and more and i don't think it's necessarily because of the noise from outside i think it's just yeah just, i just yeah. i think i was just a bit disappointed with several mm -hmm. things and some of the character development and everything but hey i'm not an idiot i can see it for what it is as well like i think yeah. it's it looks fantastic and you know it looks like i mean it just looks like a very very good film as well like the way yeah. it's shot is just awesome so i'm uh, right. I'm, I'm campaigning just to end the rings of power talk um because harry really wants to be an orc so i'm basically Let's spending make it happen yeah some of my because they're now filming over here like they've moved from new zealand to, to the uk um so he is an inch closer to being an orc so hopefully you can do it harry it we'll put out a good word we'll just yeah. we'll skip all the bit of me bad mouthing it and then uh yeah. we'll just we'll record this we'll be completely pro or i am pro walk in, in rings of power at the moment so there you go. we'll get we'll pro get you there harry pro harry
<laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get you there. All right, so that wraps up our first episode back for season three. Um, covered a lot of ground, Nick. There's probably mm. a lot more that we could cover. So our next episode is going to be our in-depth episode. We're going to start with the Clex. Yes. Such a good film. So, good. Um, so that's going to be our first one. So uh, that'll be out over the next couple of weeks. Mm. And we're going to stick to our usual pop culture episode, in-depth episode for, uh, yep. for season three. And then, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll keep plugging away and uh, keeping the masses happy. Yeah. And I think uh, if there are some months where we're unable to do a pop culture, we're still going to be able to put out a an in-depth so yeah we're gonna we're gonna put out we're gonna put out an episode as uh often as we can for pop culture ones the main focus will be the in-depth things but we'll try and uh we'll try and get our schedules to align and uh we'll record and release as much as we can and if you're uh if you're interested in just following us you've got our social media channels you can find us on consistently okay on youtube uh, at consistently pod on twitter yeah, and at consistently pod on Instagram as well, yes. and that's where we share all our information. So, yep. keep an eye on those. Anything else, Nick? Before we go, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, everything. All right. Well, always a pleasure, my friends, and everyone listening. Please spread the word of the Consistently OK podcast, and we will see you next time. See you. Bye. Bye.